Coming at you from Handsome Headquarters here in sunny Los Angeles, California. I'm Lee Sanger Golden, and this is your Evening Handsome. I'm joined by my illustrious colleague, Hondro Ambrose. Evening Handsome. Evening Handsome. So I, I believe the last time you joined us on the um, on the feed uh, was an episode of Morning Handsome, our original program. And uh, the, I think one of the news items was that they were making new Star Wars movies. And we um, pitched our own Star Wars movies years and years ago. And um, I... I, I don't remember what yours was, but I do remember mine was just a remake of The Parent Trap because the, now they're owned by Disney. But it was uh, the two twins. There would be the twins of Han and Leia. And um, they were identical twins, and but they met at the Jedi Academy. And then they swap during uh, Jedi Academy recess and um, they scheme to get Han and Leia back together. And I think in retrospect, we look back at everything that we used to talk about together as co-hosts, including that, uh, our ideas about the world and uh, the Star Wars universe and what should have happened to it, um, have only been vindicated and proven as true. Would you agree? I got to agree with that. I mean, I think we have been prescient and really ahead of our time for a long time yeah. on many things. Um, and... Uh, you know, I'm not going to go back and listen to everything that I said. I'm, I'm actually not going to go back and listen to anything that I said. You had some hot takes on. <laughs> I had to edit those out. Thank you. Thank you for that, I guess. Um, thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> you, you just you brought it back, though. So, I mean, did you edit it out or did you just did you drop it? <laughs> I just edited it out again. <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> giving myself more work as the years go on. Yeah, exactly. Creating editing work. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I can't really uh, vouch for myself. I'll tell you how I thought of my 20s, obviously, is like most shooting stars do that, you know, I basically have two fucks to give and both of them are already given. So mm. um, I'm going to die soon and, and I'm nice. not going to survive long enough to actually... Um, uh, to actually see the fruits of my uh, uh, terrible labors. And so that's how I lived <laughs> my 20s. Um, and, and then suddenly I woke up in my 30s and realized that I actually, you know, um, still have to live in this world mm. after I poop on it. It's kind of like if you mm. pooped in your own living room in a drunken stupor, you wake up the next morning and you realize that you did that in your own house and you still live there. That's kind of a rough awakening. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine so. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the news. So there's this uh, yeah. big, there's this big ruling by Neil Gorsuch, right? And uh, Neil Gorsuch was the first uh, appointee from uh, uh, President Trump uh, to the uh, Supreme Court of the United States. And uh, judicial advocates of the Christian persuasion spent tens, if not hundreds, of millions of dollars in advocacy uh, uh, dollars in um, lobbying dollars to get this motherfucker on the bench. And this week he um, basically sides with the quote liberal unquote justices to uh, protect gay rights uh, in the workplace. And in, in some circles you could say uh, it's expanding gay rights. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I mean, let's be, let, 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 I mean, I think you might be given Neil, and I believe Neil and I are on first name basis, so he's okay with that. Yeah. Uh, Neil, Neil, uh, undue credit. Um, but it is true that he did write the, the majority opinion um, for this, this Supreme Court case that, you know, has established that sexual orientation is sex as far as the Civil Rights Act is considered concerned. Um, and his opinion was incredibly succinct, I will give it to that, that he, you know, he said, hey, any employer who makes a decision to hire or fire an individual based on sexual orientation makes that decision because of the sex of the individual. Therefore, that decision cannot be made without sex. And sex is exactly what the, uh, the Civil Rights Act says you can't do. Case closed. So that is cool. And it's true that this isn't even Brett Beer Rapey McCavanaugh um so uh you know maybe maybe uh, it wasn't all bad but um the bar is low dude the bar is low oh yeah i'm not saying that the guy's a fucking judicial hero all i'm saying is hopefully we've established a precedent here which is <laughs> that the people who spent these millions of dollars getting this fuck on the on the bench right same people who paid million millions of dollars to get keep keep merrick garland off the bench that these people are pissed they're so pissed. And what I'm hoping this will do is um, if Gorsuch is, in fact, as independent of a, a judicial figure as he makes himself out to be, that he won't relent to the pressure of these, these advocates and that perhaps even it'll make him dig his heels in. Like, look, I, I hold higher values than, you know, these uh, uh, religious whack jobs who got me on the court. Um, so I'm not going to just kowtow to them because fuck it, I'm here for my lifetime anyway. Well, I think uh, that's what's happened maybe with Roberts. I mean, Roberts has really dug in, I think, to yeah. swing the court to the center and to really act as kind of a bulwark against either side. Yeah, um, he just likes reading about himself in salon.com. So he'll occasionally decide not to let the Republican ball into complete. That's, that's true. Can we monetize this? Can I, should I, should I plug this, yeah. tonight's evening handsome brought to you by Lagavulin, 16 year single mm. malt scotch. We serve no wine before it's time. Yeah. Good evening. I'm drunk yeah. Orson Wells. <laughs> good evening. Good evening. Tonight, the, the finest Isla 16 single malt scotch of the Lagavulin. <laughs> We'll serve no scotch that hasn't fallen on your crotch. This this scotch is legal in most states. <laughs> Romulan ale. <laughs> Do we have more current events? I always have current events to talk yeah, about. Yeah, no, let's I'm talk always, about current events. You're concerned. Because uh, I'm always amped. Stuff. I'm always amped about current Let's get events. current. Get current. Yeah. I find that there are shocking, shocking news in energy. Mm. Um, that's where I look. I'm always into the energy news. I don't know if you know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm amped, amped that's, about current that's your, events. That's your business is like saving the world, right? I try, I try. You know that um, I'm not, I'm going to be, I'm no longer, I'm going to be no longer a union of concerns. I'm not going to be a scientist with the, with the union mm. anymore. Um, yeah, I'm there's been a shake a, up there. Yeah, I'm officially a state employee now. Good. Yeah, so. But, I, uh, I only recognize the authority of uh, the uh, national parks, but I will recognize the authority mm -hmm. of the state in regard to uh, your position. I hear that they can shoot you. The national park people can shoot you too, just like the police. Nice. 
Okay. Right okay. Me personally. Um, <clears throat> personally, anyone actually. <laughs> <laughs> man we need more uh more public figures who react to uh uh questions in the news just as miss piggy just like Aww. someone goes up to donald trump and he's like is it true that you misappropriated campaign funds to get the ukrainians to uh build a uh, a sex bot of your daughter that you could uh have sex with and then you know he could just say moi <laughs> Instead, he's going to say, people are saying that. Look, a lot of people are saying, <laughs> saying that, that. And we'll see. A lot of people are saying that I contracted Honda Automobiles okay, to create a robot that looks exactly like my beautiful daughter, fantastic <laughs> daughter, wonderful daughter, Ivana, and that I would have sex with this doll if you wanted to call it the robot doll, whatever. And we're looking into that and we'll see a lot of people are saying that. Not a lot of people know that. Not a lot of people know that, but we're looking into it and we'll see, folks. But let me tell you, if I had a robot. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Donald. You know, I mean, your Donald is impeccable, but you know, the only problem with impersonating Donald Trump is that then we all- You have to listen to Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. Yeah, and I'm, exactly. Then I'm listening and I spend my whole day pretty much avoiding listening to him. Yeah, uh, no. Um, I should just start calling customer service lines, though, and just be like, hello. <laughs> is this Spectrum Wireless? Yes, hello. I, my mm. Look, my Wi-Fi's out. I don't know what to do. I power cycled it, plugged it, unplugged it, and I don't know what to do. And then people are like, sir, got, Mr. President, please stop calling us. I got some issues with United Airlines I need you to help me with, Lee. So I want you to call. I want you to call United for me. It's yes, hello. Grand. Is this United? I want to speak to your manager. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna hit the zero key on my phone many times until the tone of Chinese water torture forces you to transfer me to your supervisor. Boop 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 boop. Imagine that each boop as I push the zero button is me le leveling an ethnic slur at you. I can't see you. I, I won't judge you. I can't see you. I'm not going to judge you. I don't know what race you are. So just assume that whatever race, creed, gender you are, that when I hit this beep, I'm saying the worst version of that. Okay. You're going to transmit me your manager. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. This is, this is, uh, this oh, is Salim's manager. Um, can I help you, sir? Oh, hey. Oh. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> moving right along. Um, moving right along. Oh, wait, let me find something a little more taller. Here you go. There you go. There we go. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. So, um, uh, you know, other current events this week. Uh, so, let's see. Um, John Bolton's book. This this cracks me up. Is is mm -hmm. is Wilford Wilford Brimley's mm -hmm. mustache, mm -hmm. who, which ran away, which after Wilford Brimley died, his mustache lived on as John yeah. and 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 his book so this book that like it's already out right and then he sued to stop but that everybody's reporting on mm -hmm. i've never wanted to read anything like i mean I, this guy no. i have no interest in this guy but i would buy his book at this point just because yeah. the doj sued him to not publish it so that makes sense. it's because it's dangerous it's dangerous material um just like it's like woody allen's book it's like we can't let this out no, no. By buying it, you're not supporting a rapist. It's oh. the opposite. Oh, yeah, okay. Opposite. Cool. 
Well, you yeah. know how like these tell-all books, you know, people who aren't traditionally authors, although I, I do I think Bolton's penned a few uh, manifestos sure. in his time, yeah. but a lot oh, of times yeah. these books will be written with somebody, you know, Bill Clinton with, you know, Pat James Patterson. Right. Uh, so is John Bolton's books like, you know, uh, whatever it's called, um, you know, giving up on my morals, <laughs> but not my mustache. <laughs> By John Bolton. Does it say by John Bolton with his mustache under it? Or is it just by John Bolton? Like, does, does his mustache and him take credit at the same time? Or do you get a separate line there? Or is it the kind of thing where it's just written by John Bolton, but then uh, on the, the front page, it just says, you know, for my mustache, you know why. It doesn't look like it's credited as to primarily a ghostwriter, which is what it would show here. But. They should just write him under the Tom Clancy label. Tom Clancy, man, he's dead, still writing books, you know, because it's just, it'll say Tom Clancy, then the name of the book, then the author. Right, 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 <laughs> right, right, right. Tom so Clancy is the name of the book. Tom Clancy, giving up on my morals by <laughs> John Bolton with by his John. mustache. <laughs> we'll be right back, folks. I've uh, I've been emailing back and forth with uh, MTV's and now Fox News's Dr. Drew. You know this gentleman? Yeah. Why are you emailing <laughs> Dr. Drew? <laughs> well, it's a it's a long story, but uh, you know I I grew up listening to the Love Line as a kid for many years. You know, and uh, as as many of us did. Yeah, you know, stay up late, play Tony Hawk. You know, right. drink some beers left over from your sister's bat mitzvah listen to love one you know and i grew up with these guys but you know after 9 11 um i stopped listening because they were very you know i was very hippy dippy let's have a christ-like moment turn the other cheek you know let's see you know let's think about the fact that they attacked the world trade center not the statue of liberty let's you know let's have a moment where we talk you know and and they like most americans were like no let's just go uh, kill people overseas and so I stopped listening um, but now I've come back and have been listening to the Adam and Drew show their their current uh, show because they have a more kind of right-wing perspective on things but there's certain times because I like to get out of my echo chamber you know what I'm saying um, of just listening to my own self talking through my uh, my microphone at home I like to get out of that bubble and listen to the host of the man show and uh, uh, TV's second favorite doctor give us their sort of libertarian opinions about stuff. They're of the kind of political philosophy that I call, we're okay with gays getting married, but we just don't want to pay for it. That kind of, uh, that kind of freedom, you know what I'm saying? Um, but no, has, I don't actually. That oh, doesn't okay. make any sense at all. <laughs> no, I just... <laughs> so, but during the protests, uh, when I was participating live, I didn't really want to listen because I didn't really want to hear them shitting on us because I figured that's what they were doing. But I listened to the program and uh, I decided just for the sake of, you know, intellectual honesty that I would, you know, cue up the pod, flip it on, listen. And, uh, you know, Adam was, you know, just being racist and blaming it on black people, but... Drewski, Dr. Drew seemed like kind of having like a real emotional moment and was 
you know, I want to protect, you know, I want to support these protesters and they're being peaceful. And I don't know, I'm really torn up about this. I feel so helpless, you know. And then Ace just was a dickhead to him. So I felt like, you know, my man Drewski was like a little vulnerable. So I hopped on the gram. I was going to send him a DM, but then I was like, oh, he's old school. I'll just click on the little email in his bio. And it was like contacts at drdrew.com. I figured, okay, maybe an intern will, will uh, see this uh, and forward it. And maybe I'll hear back at some point, probably not. But I basically said, hey, look, you know, first time, long time. I didn't really want to listen to the show this week because I've been protesting and I want to hear you shitting on us. But I was, I was glad to hear that you had an open mind and I appreciate what you had to say. And like shot it off. Nearly immediately, I get a, a separate email from uh, a, I'm not going to give his actual email, but it was from this, you know, it was from Drew and his actual email. And is his email address really entertaining or something? No, it's just like, I'm just not going to give it out, but it's oh, not well, like. It's not like I'm going to email him. Oh, wait, no. you're talking. Oh, never mind. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yes. Uh, it's theoretically gotcha, someone's gotcha, listening. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so it's from beep beep at beep dot beep, yeah, and um, and it's you know the title's just, I appreciate your thoughts, and he was like, you know, I just want to say I really appreciate your thoughts. I hope for a Hegelian uh, march into history, and I was like, Hegelian. and I had to look that up. I'm like, oh Hegel, oh okay, got it. The 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 philosophy guy, and you know, I just feel so powerless. Like there's nothing I can do. Da, 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 da. And uh, so. You know, I write back and I'm like, you know, you're listening, Dr. Drew, which is all that the movement really wants right now is for someone to listen. I figured that would be like the end of it. But then I get this other reply that's like, thank you. You know, sometimes it's really hard for me to fully express myself around Adam because he gets so, he gets so, he gets so mad at me. And there's some, something that he has such moral clarity about, um, and I don't. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, it's, it's really hard for me. And I, I'm beyond, he says, I'm beyond moderate, and I, I try to see things from everyone's, everyone's perspective, which is an anathema to him. And so I let it lay after that. I was like, I, don't, I, I can't get too emotionally involved with <laughs> This married man with triplets right now, you know, there's other things going on in my life that I can't get too involved with, with TV's Dr. Drew. So um, I didn't, I didn't reply back after that, but I did listen to their program, the, the next episode and he starts out, uh, Drewski's like, you know, it's interesting what I've heard from this movement that's different from before. It's not about having a dialogue. People kind of just want you to actually just listen, which is what I said. Hey, that's what you're doing, which is right. And then, uh, of course, Ace said, uh, that's chick think. <laughs> and just steamrolled right over him and then called the Young Turks retarded. So, <laughs> but I'd like to think for two seconds, I, I got someone to think about get get outside their comfort zone and, and think and listen. So that's kind of some of the weirdness that's been going on. <laughs> Isn't that yeah. crazy? That's chick shit. That's it's chick thing. Yeah, that's a chick thing. Oh, ace, ace. Adam. Sometimes it's hard for me to express myself around Adam because he says I'm a chick. And he just emasculates me. I got many, a nice email from puts, a protester. Right. And then Adam just put the ball gag in back in and then 
you know, took me roughly. <laughs> and it was terrible. He does seem like he is, uh, you know, just a really aggressive guy, but he also is like, you know, like his, it almost, I thought it was more of a shtick. I mean, I always thought Adam was more of like a shtick, you know? But I guess he is an act, actually a dick to, to people. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess it makes sense. He did have that whole man show thing. I know, but but I, I thought it was sort of like a I thought it was sort of like a joke. But I guess you know, Doctor Drew is also mm. a doctor. It's not like he stops yeah. it. He's not like it wasn't tongue in cheek though. It was no, like, it was like, know. isn't it funny how sexist we are? <laughs> and Jimmy Kimmel's like, I just, I need to go lose some weight. <laughs> I'm yeah. done with this. <laughs> I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna lose some weight and have a real career. Yeah, it. exactly. What is this? I'm gonna be Jer- I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the next Johnny Carson. <laughs> He's way more of a Johnny than. Fallon than any of them he's yeah. the only one because well, he's yeah. got that Italian class you know yeah 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 it's funny because Jimmy is really like really enjoyable to listen like watch in those in those things where he's he's really natural and he actually does a really nice job and he doesn't seem so like he's trying so hard you know? yeah so I think anyway. he's a good host yeah I like I, I find him I find him quite quite funny comparatively definitely yeah um <clears throat> but yeah, I uh that's a very entertaining story, sir. Um <laughs> Doctor, so fucking random. Dr. Drew. <laughs> DB's Dr. Drew. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, you know, of any but uh, I mean claim to fame, I guess people TV's Dr. Drew seems like somebody that you're like, why would he respond to me? But you know, he's just the guy. You yeah, know some random guy with some video with some podcast on the internet. And he responded, and you were surprised. You're like, I should not. I, I'm not that surprised because you know I think people are usually those things don't actually get that much. Yeah. Uh, Bill Shatner once described someone's trying to send him a DM as like catching lightning in a bottle or something. That's like basically, it's like being struck by lightning. The odds that I, as William Shatner, will see your bullshit <laughs> DM. Um, so I guess uh, you know. TV's Dr. Drew is not in that stratosphere. Speaking of, I saw this great interview with um, George Takei. The one where he's st- where the guy's interviewing him through the door. <laughs> oh no! I watched oh, one the other no. day that was like a coronavirus one. I mean, they went they were interviewing him at his home, but he was like on the other side of the door and he wouldn't open the door. They were like talking through the door. Oh, that's like Rocky status. Uh, he has that great wall scene with Talia Shire in the first Rocky picture. He's like, I know you're not. Look, I never talked to a wall before. Yeah, <laughs> I know you're not too happy. I know you're not too happy at this moment. I know. <laughs> I, I just, I just, I really would want like the maybe this is just a dumb Family Guy joke, but the wall to just turn to him and be like, "You had me, and I never talked to a wall before." And just, <laughs> just kisses him. He's like, "Whoa, whoa, what's the dog to you, wall?" Adrian. <laughs> when is Paul, right. when is Paulie's end game in there too? He's like, hey, why don't you fuck my stupid sister, my fucked up sister? I'm not gonna say the R word, but we all know it. Everyone calls you the R word, and they call her the R word. So let's get you together, huh? What is that, Mickey? I don't know. I just combine them together. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, you, you had discussed earlier, you know, we were going to talk about, uh, Terry, the about Ballad Terry of Barling. Barling. Yeah, Terry Barling. Something that I, I think I teased many, many moons ago, um, was this story of a, a mythic man, uh, 
a teller of tales in his own right. Um, and one of those kind of guys that we're sitting off here and we're, we're going to tell a little story about, about this guy. And this little slice of his life is so crazy, but it's only a small slice of his life. So I always like to think about all the other hundreds, maybe thousands of people out there right now who are telling their story okay, about the wow. time they interacted with a crazy man with a wonderful car lot filled with pre-owned dreams, both lost and found. A man known as Terry Barling. And this is his ballad. The Ballad of Barling. It was not so long ago that we had uh, different assigned posts in life. Um, I I was a playwright. You were a... Um, <laughs> you were a... Uh, I don't know. Bon vivant. <laughs> the most PG thir- PG way I could uh, I could describe your, uh, your 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 calling in life at that time. Uh, but one of your many celestial duties, or I'm sorry, one of your terrestrial duties, was uh, uh, serving up drink. That's right, at the uh, the Coast Hotel or the Pooted Inn, as I like to call it, um, which was originally known as the Dream Inn. A lot of characters came in and out of the dream over the years. A lot freaks, of dreams. Dreamers, schemers, freaks, weirdos, yours truly, all came in looking for a, a dirty Roy Rogers and some clam chowder and look at the ocean, maybe happier times. And one night, a strange and mysterious individual came in with some friends. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what that night was like? Well, the night Terry came in was not the first night that I had seen Terry Barber. No, no, no. It was actually the third time that I had seen Terry Barling. Mm. And as I, as I had mentioned, as I, I, I said, you know, the story of Terry, the ballad of Terry Barling, or the challenge of the ballad of Terry Barling, is that there, there are all these little vignettes, you know, and they don't seem to occur in time. Yeah. But, so the night, the, the night of question, though, you know, we, the, the little beachfront restaurant uh, that was at the hotel was, was closing up for the night and, and, and we had really already emptied out there was no one there except for the, yeah. the one coked out manager who was twiddling his thumbs behind the bar as he waited for the next opportunity to go outside and have a cigarette terry barling rolled in mm. with a small entourage of folks mm. and uh, glided over to a table in the corner and gesturing as he walked to order some drinks um, we, were, we made him a round of margaritas, and I came back to the table to find him laying on the floor. On the, of the floor of the restaurant? The, the floor of the restaurant. Wow. And uh, at which point he, uh, uh, you know, he, we engaged in conversation as I, <laughs> I tried to uh, get him to at least sit at the table. Yeah. You know, Terry, Terry was quite a character, um, obviously, mm-hmm. and so, you know, he liked to, to chat, and, and he mm-hmm. started a conversation with me about cars that evening. and. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I I said uh, that uh, uh, you know I I, I I knew that Terry was crazy. Yeah. Um, what were you? What were you up in then? You you you, you had an F one fifty, right? 
Uh, we had a, I had an old well, yeah, it was Ford Ranger. The Ranger, oh, okay. Yeah, you know, I know okay. that those uh, automobile things are a little bit of a foreign item to you, sir. But the Ford oh, Ranger. Yeah, I had a 1998 Ford Ranger, which I yeah. had gotten in high school, mm-hmm. uh, and and had been a car that I had owned I had owned until a couple of years back. Actually, I owned it for over 20 years. Loved it. Great, it was a great little little truck many adventures in the ballad of the ford ranger yeah i did i had a little ford ranger at that point um but this this story was just that he you know he says to me um starts talking about how i like cars and uh he tells me as you you know at that moment that that he says uh how would you uh how would you like to have a car i'm gonna give you a car and 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 i knew that that was silly and i wanted him to just pay his bill um and at that point, uh, he said, "No, no, no! I'm serious. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a car." And I, I, I said, "Sure, okay, give me a car." And so he, he uh, invited me to go back with him to his used car lot. Um, and I, I, I knew at that point that if I went in his vehicle, I was likely to get killed, <laughs> raped, killed and <laughs> raped, or killed, then possibly raped after I was killed. But uh, I can't you know. It. I was, I was, uh, yeah, and it was, it was, uh, it, but you know, what did I have to lose, really? So I told the manager, Ford Ranger uh, and a little bit of pride. Right. So I, <laughs> I, I, not much pride. Not much pride. I told the, not. Yeah, the story is usually introduced as, you know, I worked in restaurants for a long time, as you know. I mean, from mm-hmm. the time I was about 15 or 16 years old, all the way through my 20s. And I, um, you know, I got a lot of tips. I worked in some fancy places in the city and all that. And, and I got some fun tips and big tips over the years. You know, people mm-hmm. slipped me several hundred bucks and things like that. Wow. But the best tip, the biggest tip I ever got was the tip from Terry Barling. The tip I got that evening when he said, hey, I'm going to tip you a car. And I said, you're crazy. Just just pay your bill. But he said, no, no, I'm going to tip you a car. And so I did. I got in his car, um, him and this giant, uh, towering uh, Latino gentleman uh, who, who, who uh, uh, I thought might kill me. Um, and, his, uh, and this woman. Not because who, he was Latino, because he was towering. Towering, towering guy. I just mean to give you the picture of the tattoos and kind of general demeanor that he had, which nice. to me, not, not as, there's nothing about obviously a racial issue. This guy was a very intimidating human. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was, and that was his, that was, that looked to be about what he did. I mean, it was mm-hmm. 90% intimidation, 10% mass. Was he also promised a car? I remember there being some other motherfuckers in this entourage. I think, like, yeah, I think somebody else got a car, a car that too. night too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's Oprah for cars with Harry Barling. So did Barling <clears> seem <throat> like he was on like a spree? Like, did he look like he was well, strapped out, uh, drugged uh, out, uh, up, n- down? No, I mean, he might erratic, have been a little, yeah, okay, I mean, who knows? Yeah. Definitely erratic. I mean, he's always okay. erratic. But I mean, who knows? He seemed pretty reasonable at the time, actually. Mm-hmm. He seemed like a pretty normal guy. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, like, outwardly, he didn't seem like he was all coked out or crazy. Like, there was no big old red flags. Kind of. Yeah, no, no red flags as far as his behavior at the time. He seemed pretty rational. I mean, so when it went down, right, he took me to a lot and he said, take your pick, any car you want. And I said, uh-huh. Okay, and I looked around, obviously, and there was uh, the first car I picked. He said, I don't have the title for it. Uh-huh. Um, it's like a car I'm selling the bank owns. You know, you can take it. And I said, that's crazy. I'm not going to take a car that you don't own. Yeah, that and was so I, I found a different car, and I said... What was the take... first car? Do you remember? Um, 
it was another Mercedes. I think it was an SLK. It was like oh. a little. It was like a little, a little, you know, little sporty car, sporty one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the kind of coupe. Yeah, the coupe. Nice, beautiful. So, so I, I got this other car, which was actually a much nicer car. Um, it was an AMG SUV. So these AMG, are, right? Not the AMG. Yeah, yeah, it's a fancy one. And then beautiful uh, cream, beautiful car, interior. Yeah, gorgeous, very nice car. And uh, he signed it over to me for a dollar, and I wrote up a a bill of sale for some silly reason on a piece of paper and made him sign it. He signed over the title for me. I drove off. I, I got home. Must have been about one in the morning at that point. Yeah. I frantically woke up my roommate Dory. All right, Dory's, um, Dory's in this this epic too. And Dory, Dory, our friend Dory, woke up Dory. Said Dory, you got to get up. I I got a new car. I started. You're just waking up everybody now. You're just driving we dro- around. We drove to up. your house. We woke you up. The car is great. And and the, the the funny thing about the car, you know, the story about the car is that um, you know it's the best tip I ever got, and and it really is a great story. And in the end, it all worked out, and it was the largest tip I ever ever got, obviously. And it was a, a, a real real great thing. But you know, it was a lot of a lot of heartache, right? Um, mm-hmm, the story, that's not the ballad of tips. Yeah, no, the the end the, the the ending is that you know, or well, I'll tell you, it's not the ending. But what that's just the next? cold open there. Yeah, what happened next is that that car was stolen three more times over the next 18 months, and and really, you know, it, it disappeared forever. I mean, it was it was it was gone. We never thought it was going to come back. Uh, so it was quite quite the funny thing, right? So the the first time it disappeared, okay, the first time it disappeared, I'm dri- I drive it to work, you know, or uh, I, I drive I've been driving it to work and home a little bit, and just really not doing nothing with it because we're just sitting around, and I, I can't actually I don't have enough money yet to um, get it insured. Um, so I'm trying to save a little money just to like, get it insured so that I can even um, put it on the market and sell it. And, uh, and you know- Cause you gotta get at- this thing out of, you gotta get this thing off your hands immediately. Yeah, I thought- Get this out of here. Right. <laughs> but I thought I'd drive it around for a little while before I did. And, uh, and you know, so it's a few weeks later and, and um, we get, we're sitting around the house one night and we get a knock at the door. Yeah. And and unexpected, and kind of, huh, I don't know. And there's a bunch of people over, and and I open the door, and it's Terry Barling, oh. with his his crew. Ah, oh. same people. Uh, yeah, one of the same guys, the same inter- in- intimidating guy. Ah, oh, interesting. And it, was his demeanor different this time? Yeah, a little, little different, a little more yeah. nervous, okay. nervous, a little stressed. So the cool, confident, floor laying car tipping guy you're starting to see maybe a different side maybe maybe not a different side but maybe deeper layers Mm, peeling back that onion so you got this forty thousand dollar at this point liability right because you don't even have liability insurance on this piece of shit you plow this thing off the fucking pier you're fucked something happens you're fucked you got to get rid of this thing this thing is a liability literally right but you didn't realize how much of a liability it was going to be. Well, <laughs> that, was, that was cool, huh? <laughs> it was a hell of a tip. I don't even know. I don't even have. I don't even have the like actual gravitas to uh, to really speak to that type of precipice. But uh, it's true. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. I. You know what? Though, if I had it all to go over again, I wouldn't do it differently. 
Because no. who, who the fuck cares? It was fun. So no, we, you know, the first time, so so I got that call. The next time, though, you know, we told Terry he had to leave. Sorry, we said, you know, look, hey, I I can't give you the car back right now. He asked him to give it back. He said he wanted to trade me for another car. I said that was crazy. And I said I don't have the title because I turned it into the DMV, which was true. The next day, you know, or maybe the day before, actually, I had gotten a call from a woman, a random woman on the phone, who had said that uh, she was Terry Barling's uh, fiance, fiance, and that you know he was mentally unstable and he had stolen a bunch of money uh, from her, and that I needed to give the car back to her uh, to return to him. And I said, you know, I can't do that. I already turned in the title of the DMV, and I and I can't turn it back in right now because I don't have the title. Yeah. And and at that point. I called the police uh-huh. and I said, Hey, <laughs> cool, cool. I have the story that you're I'm never going to believe it. Yeah. You're never going to believe what happened. And, uh, they said, um, we don't really care about what's happened to you, but you can't give the car back. It's yours. And he's under investigation and uh. we, and you should stay out. So you now realize that when he, he came to your house the other day, just to go back, and I think I probably, I sorry, I walked over you a little bit, but he came to your house while other people were there with this intimidating man and asked for the car back, right? Or asked, to, asked trade. to trade me for another car, even better. Yeah. So do you think if you had been there and you had just been there by yourself and the this entourage with Mr. Barling had showed up, do you think you would have reacted differently? Do you think you would I mean, because you were you were confident. You said, hey, "Get the fuck out of here!" Right? But uh, do you think you would have been more intimidated had you been sort of more vulnerable? I don't know what he was trying to do. I don't know. I got to give Terry Barling the benefit of the doubt. Okay. Poor okay. Guy. I'm trying to season this with some drama. And oh, I was there was a- drama. Come yeah. on, maybe there was yeah. plenty of drama. Oh, so, oh, for sure. Okay, yeah, I thought yeah. that the cops had. Drew- yeah, no, no, no. The cops didn't reach out to me. It was the the people reached out to me. I reached out to the cops, and the cops said. Right, because I remember them coming to the house. I remember meeting the police officers at the That house. was after the first time it was stolen. No, oh, I'm getting so, ahead of ourselves. Okay. Yeah. So then it was stolen the first time. The first time it was actually that's the second time it was stolen. You're way ahead of yourself. The first time it was Damn. stolen yeah, was from the Dream Inn. So it was just uh, from the, the Dream, Dream Inn one night. Yeah. And and we called and it, I I was, you know, I was working on a banquet or something one night. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I come out late and the car is gone. And I walk, you know, along, it's a long walk home through the flats by the boardwalk late at night. Mm-hmm. You know, as you kind of it's sketchy looking at, looking at things tonight. And I and I thought to myself as I walked across town that maybe, you know, I, I told myself that maybe it, it, I dreamed the whole thing. So the first time the car was stolen, um, you know, I thought, uh, well, that was that. And, and I wasn't actually that surprised but i was shocked a little bit that it was gone yeah um yeah but then uh but then you know no more than a couple weeks later um you know they called and uh and they said they had it um and they found it you know the car the cops called and they said they found it santa cruz pd santa cruz pd and and that and then and it was parked um not far from um our house Uh uh-huh Nice. And then you had the keys. Uh, you went and got it, right? I had the keys. And, I went. and and then that was fine. You know that seemed fine for a couple of weeks um, until uh, it disappeared again. So the car um, was stolen a second time. 
a second time. From this my, time from, from your home. home, right? From my home, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And <clears throat> and again, it was gone um, for a while. So we knew who this was, though, right? Because someone, if you only had one set of keys, someone else had that better set of keys, and that was must have been Barling or Barling's. Yeah, his associates. Well, you know, so so we knew we knew that something was 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 amiss in Terry Barling's uh, in Terry Barling's world, and so you know, at this point, the actual story is, you know, of course, the car was actually stolen. Not not even once or twice, but three times, you know. But wow. and and before being finally recovered. But but meanwhile, I think the real story begins, which is the 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 I think the 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 heart of the tale of Terry uh, Ballad of Barling, which the is the state and the stakeout. Because I saw the car, I saw the car when I was on, I was on one of my my patented my jogs. I was on a jog, was jogging somewhere in Santa Cruz. I see this car drive by and I recognize the plates and I see um, someone, a man driving the car and uh, I'm pretty fast. So I chased after the car for a while and kind of yelled and waved my arms around. Um, but um, I was not able to overcome the uh, Mercedes <laughs> on foot. So uh, he got away. Um, but I came and reported back to you and you're like, oh fuck, yeah. Sounds like that was the car, and then I think you called the cops again. What what time was that? Was that after the second time that I saw the car? Yep, yep, yep. I think you had so. sort of given up on it, and we were like, oh, okay, and we sort of, mm. you know what, Hans, just forget about it. Okay, it's 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 whatever. It's not like you really lost anything. You got to drive a cool car for a while. And we were trying to kind of talk it down. And then I see this thing driving by, and then I'm I'm in a fucking. I'm like, we got to get this motherfucker. We gotta yep. get this fuck. And, and I'm invested out where now. He lived. We found out where he lived. And it doesn't take much to get me invested in anything. Like, all right, right, let's yeah. be cops. Let's figure this out. Right, right. You <laughs> <love it. coughs> so we found out where his house was. How did we do that? Let's, I don't let's, let's detect back. I don't remember how we actually got his address. We figured out where his house was, though. I don't know what we yeah. did. We did something, some searching. And it was probably just the internet, but we might have we might have been more sleuthy at the time. But we would stake out his house. We staked out the dealership because the dealership closed up pretty soon afterwards, yes. right? Do you remember it was gone? I did. Well, I went over there one day. Um, you and oh, I had yeah, gone over yeah, a couple yes. times, but I went over one day and it was pretty much abandoned. You, you were, wait, didn't you go in one time? I did. And, um, but Barling's door was all locked up. It was a little weird and I'll tell you what happened. So I went in, we were talking about our man, Joe, a second ago who ran the, the, the um, set department shop at, at Shakespeare Santa Cruz now defunct and has become Santa Cruz Shakespeare or some shit like that but um, I was an intern that summer and so I used that as my cover I was like I'm uh, we need to rent some construction equipment to build our stage for the play in the glen in the forest and so we're thinking of renting out some gear because Barling also had a um, construction company, right? He had like construction equipment, cranes and all of this kind of shit, tractors and stuff. So I went in and pretended like I was going to rent <laughs> like equipment. And they were like, oh yeah, well, you know, I don't know if Terry 
like really does that kind of stuff anymore. Like, and uh, you know, go check out his office. So I go in and I walk down the hall and his office is all locked up and dark, but I see all of these angry notes have been shoved under the door of his office. So it was like seeing like desperate fucking rats had been scratching at the doors of his office, dropping off little notes. Being like, fucking Jerry, I want my fucking money. And this is what I'm talking about. Like how many hundreds and thousands of people are shaking their heads and going, oh, you never heard the story about this guy, Terry? Somewhere that tall dude, that tall imposing dude is like, oh man, this one time, this poor, this poor guy, <laughs> you know, we took him out to this lot. He probably thought he was going to kill him. He thought we probably thought we were going to kill him, rape him or something like that. And uh, well, we gave him this Mercedes and then we had to give it back. Oh, I just, I felt pretty bad, but uh, yeah. Um, so anyway, one of those, uh, many of those people who had had many interactions with Barling over the years, I suppose, uh, had uh, been shoving these notes under the door. And, um, There was one thing that I think we both took away from our stakeouts, though, because I didn't get very much information from that particular um, that particular part of the mission, other than the fact that there was other people that were out for him. Um, but I think the most fun, like you said, of the Ballad of Barling was just sitting in the fucking truck, or maybe that we were in my Jetta or something. My Honda, I guess it was my Honda. Yeah, it was your Honda. We were, Honda. we were sitting in the Honda. Yeah, sitting in the Honda, and uh, eating soy delicious soy ice cream. Just fucking it's an oxymoronic fart. name. Fart it's the machine. weirdest name. Yeah, it's the weirdest name. It's not. A, I mean, it's a bizarre thing, right? And, and I, I, like I said, I haven't had any uh, soy ice cream in 15, 15 years or more now. Because you have real, you can have real ice cream. It doesn't and it's taste disgusting. Like shit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Soy delicious. What a terror! What a, what a silly name for ice cream. Soy Obviously delicious. not delicious. <laughs> so, so, so we're going undercover. We're going to the. We're going to Terry Barling's office. We're pretending we're renting tractors. We're staking out. We're eating ice cream. Emilio Estevez, Richard Dreyfus. The, mercy. the greatest of times. So, and I mean, this went on forever. I mean, we were basically, I mean, for like a solid year, I feel like we were, whenever we were out for a run, whenever we were biking across town, whenever we were just touring around year? with nothing to do. Well, I mean, for like several months because it was yeah. gone for, you know, the last time. So the last time it was gone, it was gone for six, seven months. You know, it was gone for a long time. And, 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 and so we, this, this was like a whole year more of our lives mm-hmm. where, we were all kind of just casually on the lookout, or at least you yeah. and I were on the lookout for the car. Mm-hmm. We didn't. We weren't actively staking out. We no. we stayed. I mean, we, we did, did this, a few times. We did that for. A few and I months. remember we, talking to the cops. The cops came over, right. and uh, the, I remember. I'll never forget the look on the officer's face. You know, he seemed like a nice young guy, but he was just like, cops are pretty good at like sniffing out, not necessarily bullshit, but sniffing out something, and they knew that something was sketchy, so they were like. <laughs> They're like, I don't know, man. Like, so this guy just gave you the car. Like, they were doing what cops do, which is sort of like sniff around. And like, right. he was right. There was something fishy going on. So that something was Terry Barling. And like you said, he was under investigation for other things. So I, you know, I, I really want to know what were these other investigations? Who are these people shoving the notes under the door?
but you you eventually you you traded it in and what did you get <laughs> oh i did i, I you got a car for it. i got money for it and it was nice it was yeah, a car but, but the what i really got you know what i really got were the memories like mm-hmm. that's what i really got because that car is long gone the car that i bought with that car is long gone and any money that i had from that time is long gone because i was irresponsible and stupid but you know what i still have are the memories and they just keep on giving Lee. They just keep on giving. And and that's and that's what I'm gonna remember. Well, there you have it folks, the ballad of Barling. From everyone here at Liberal Guilt Radio and Handsome Headquarters, me, Hondro, Terry Barling, the tall imposing man. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time on the evening handsome. I had to go on a Swiss VPN when I watched like um, Independence Day sequel. Just because I'm too the resurgence. Yeah, I'm too embarrassed to watch it on my own IP. <laughs> I have to use a VPN. What? You had a VPN is just like so people wouldn't see it in like your search history. Like your like your wife wouldn't be like, "Well, you fuck, did you watch? Did you watch fucking Battlefield Earth?" <laughs> like, and then I'm just I'm actually just neoing into a fucking Swiss server so I can watch uh National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets. <laughs> <laughs>